BananaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Welcome to another episode of Top 8 Magic. I'm Brian David Marshall, and I am joined by Magic the Gathering Hall of Famer, Zvi Moshowitz. Zvi, how are you doing this week? It's been an interesting week. It's, it's <laughs> one of those weeks where I don't know if decades happen, but more like at least a month, right? Right, right. <laughs> right, we, we, we've, we've gone from uh, the month is a long year to the day, yeah, it's... it's the day it's, is a long month. Yeah, yeah, the day is a long month, yes. I worry that we have Zeno's Paradox on 2020, where every day is not quite, it's not, it gets us that much closer, but it never actually ends. Election day is a half a day away, people. It is a half a half a day away now. I'd kind of rather be waiting for election day than waiting for election returns. If sure. If things that last forever. Sure, sure. But at least one of those is kind of in your mind, right? Like. <laughs> Um, well, in, in addition to the to the real world, plenty of stuff going on in Magic as well. Uh, you know, we've got a big grand finals coming up this weekend. Uh, Thirty two players playing standard and historic, new set, a a banning. Uh, you know, which is probably felt as seemed to be universally regarded as insufficient by players but uh but but standard is 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 showing up a couple more decks than than people predicted i would say last week the 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 conversation was how many omnaths in the field in standard right 32 players 128 potential omnaths and you know people were saying 112 96 yeah i opened i opened it at 80 yeah or eight and a half or something, and got buried in over virtual over money, <laughs> like completely destroyed. And the line was settling in the hundred somethings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's. But I, I'm I'm feeling like as I as I've been playing some standard and looking at what people are are doing, that that may, maybe that number is going to come down a little. It's not going to be in the hundreds. Right, it looks like, and for. I was at first very confused by this, and then I thought about what happened, and I think I understand what's going on. So there's several things going on. First of all, the new set, people were still messing around, et cetera, et cetera. And all of the pros, the, the real pros, people who care, have to test two formats, right? They have to test Historic as well. Right. And they shook up Historic quite a bit with these new cards. So... Often what you would see at World Championships is a precipitous decline in the quality of the decks built, especially on the third day of competition, where people would only really have time to prepare for some of the things they were about to face. Right? They had to prepare for three formats, draft right. and two constructed formats, and they just didn't have enough time for any of it effectively. And so what's happening here is shortly after the release of a set, you're being pushed to play multiple formats which got shaken up and you don't really have the opportunity to do all of the work and so we're seeing a lot of some decks that build themselves because they already existed right we're seeing a lot of adventures we're seeing a lot of gruel we're seeing some model green which is relatively easy to build the road deck kind of builds itself uh, the cycling decks are interesting but you know not that hard to find if you already had the old cycling deck and you realize 
the pathways exist and the modal ends exist. And so we're seeing this, but more than that, let's point to the dynamic of, so first thing that happens is people realize there's this amazing Omnif Lotus Cobra shell. Right. Right. But the first thing I saw when I saw that list was how are you getting away with how slow, how small that low end is in that deck, right? You have, you've committed to real high-end cards. Like my vision of the deck was that you'd have to use a bunch of high-end cards that were modal. You'd have to use like the seven drop, uh, the green modal card, maybe the, maybe even the white modal card because you would not have enough slots to actually get your thing out there fast enough, right? Because my instinct is always, you want to ramp, but you want to ramp fast. So this list was, okay, turn one is always pass or do one damage to something, but it's almost always pass because the way the mana base works, you can't really play an untapped mountain on turn one in order to, in order to you know, fizz something unless you get Right, so, you, so you're talking about spike field hazard. There. Right, you can spike field hazard, but like, then you have to have a mountain or a pathway, and then you have to have like the rest of your turn set up so you don't care about the car, playing an untapped land on turn one. Right. And that most of the time, you'd much rather do that on turn two or turn three, right, you, in stride. Also, often you don't know that you won't, you don't know necessarily that you don't need the land, and you don't know that you're going to want to kill the thing that came out first. You might want to wait for something better. So there's all the reasons to play just a triome on turn one of those decks whenever you can. And so turn two, you've got Lotus Cobra, but if you don't have Lotus Cobra, normally they had like a few Bone Crusher Giants so you could stomp something, which isn't terrible. That's kind of it. And so turn two was often effectively another pass. Right. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list here that uh, did well in the Red Bull Untapped event, and they have yeah Lotus Cobra uh, onto they don't even have uh, the, the this is this is a ramp deck. This isn't the adventures deck, so they they don't even get the uh, stomp right. They're not even playing that. I mean, they used to, and they they right. kind of should. So. This list is very much there to what they were doing before. So you yeah. cut Uru, put in two cultivates. I don't think that's enough cultivates, by the way. I think that's yeah. I think that's just your short. So this version has one thundering rebuke and one spike field hazard. Uh, Mystical dispute is the big addition here, which I think right. is an example of these decks not really knowing who their targets are or what's going on. Like when you look at the field, mystical dispute main deck is not a good idea right now, as far as I can tell. There are a bunch of people who aren't that vulnerable to it. And this deck really wants to tap every turn to accelerate. So the decision here was to play Beanstalk Giant over Cultivate. I think that's an error. I think Cultivate is a better card for this deck in general. Right. You don't really care that much about hitting Beanstalk Giant with your Genesis Ultimatum. I mean, I understand the Terror of the Peaks Beanstalk Giant interaction, but I'd be inclined to at least have an even split and probably go for more Cultivates is my instinct. I'd rather have a land in my hand than uh, Beanstalk Giant I can cast from Exile, although the untapped land is a little bit nice. So there is that. So there's two Kenners here, two Terror of the Peaks. This is very much built to fuel the engine with very, like, look at how little this deck is doing on turn one and two if you're not facing a blue deck, right? If you can't right. use Mystical Dispute. You're looking at only one Spike Field Hazard, so it's even more vulnerable. Only No Bone Crusher Giants, even more vulnerable. One Thundering Rebuke. Kind of it if you don't hit your Lotus Cobra. Right. And so I was playing a mono green deck with Lotus Cobra in it because I understand how good Lotus Cobra is. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even care. I'm just going to play Lotus Cobra. Screw it. I don't even have Bailo Patches in this build. I just, it, sometimes it produces a mana. I don't care. And right. it has never lived when I played it on turn two. In my I go Forest, 
I play Forest like, you know, Swarm Shambler or Wildwood Tracker. Turn, turn, right. They know it's not the Omnip deck, right? It can't be the Omnip deck. Turn two Lotus Cobra off a second Forest. And everyone's like, I don't know what you're doing, but no. I will stop whatever I'm engaged in and take my turn off. And I will kill that Lotus Cobra. It has never even died to something that costs like a... I mean, it's died to like shocks, but like it's always going to die. Right. Every single time it has died. Because... Nobody trusts you. And nor should they. <laughs> no. Although in this case, like, yes, the worst thing that can happen to you in that deck is things like, you know, turn three questioning beasts, which isn't great for you, but it's not the end of the world. Right. It's just it's just nice to have an extra mana. That's all that is for that deck. It's just well, it's a two two it's a two drop that produces two mana, that produces two power, and it's often an extra mana. And I'm debating whether to have Fable Passage in the deck, but I don't think it's right now I'm I'm lower to the ground in that build, but like I'm not playing very much because, you know. But I mean, things change this much. But like, if you look at the, yeah, these Omnif Raft decks, the old version basically said, well, if the only good deck is Ram, then Hazard is then Hazard and Bunker Giant kill Lotus Cobra. We don't care about anything else that happens in the first two turns. So why would we waste cards in our deck on things that happen in the first two turns when we can have more engine and right. more of the things that we need and be consistent? And that makes perfect sense. But we don't live in that world anymore. So what happens is you've got this deck that's very much kind of mirror-oriented, right? That's designed to handle the fact that everyone's playing it and the Soul Tide deck because it's the other Uru deck. And you ban Uru. So now all these aggro decks don't have to worry about losing to, like, Uru just going over the top of them by itself. And so you can play infinite removal spells like the Soul Tide deck can. And so what that means is now you can play all these aggro decks that can go under the Omnaf Ramp deck. And I don't think that it goes under the Omnaf Ramp deck particularly better than it did when it had Uru. I don't think Uru in, in the deck doesn't matter very much. Even now, I don't think so. People right. might disagree. But when I'm playing it, Cultivate is not necessarily substantially worse. It's a little bit worse. Right. It's not right. worse, but it's not... Like, the number of games you won by playing Uru out of your yard wasn't that large. Uru's mainly get three life for doing this. Like, it's kind of nice, but it's fine. And occasionally we did it. Against Rogues, it's a big deal. Against Rogues, it's a very big deal. But otherwise, it wasn't that big a deal. What's a big deal is not having to worry about Uros in other decks means that you can play lots of one and two drops, and now you can't get away with this list anymore. Right? This list is no longer acceptable. But now that you don't have to worry only and uniquely about a mirror match, you don't have to play it this way. You can afford to play some ways to clean up the mess. Like, if you look at the board here, like, Elder Gengaroth is the plan against aggro. Like, there's two Thundering Rebukes to buy some time, and <laughs> Chainweb Arachner, which is a 1-2, doesn't they actually stop anything? I, I assume that's for rogues? I sure. Slow them down? Specifically for rogues, but otherwise, it's terrible. Right, it's like, it's just, as a general anti-aggro card, it doesn't do anything, right? It's just not yeah. big enough. It, it doesn't do anything. And then, yeah, you can eventually play a, a, a four or five that kills something in the air, but it's, the game's over by then, right? If you survived, it's great. So when these decks start being able to play Cinderclasm and Shadow the Sky and just actual defenses, that's going to be a big difference. And you know what else these decks have never played? Arboreal Grazer. <laughs> Gilded Goose. You know, the, um, I forget its name, even, even I forget its name, but the two-mana 
the elf for two mana that also doubles as a forest. You know? Oh yeah, that card. That card's really good. Yeah, but nobody's playing it yet because it doesn't cast Omnath. But like, that's not the only sure. thing in life, right? There's plenty <laughs> of things to do, and it can cast Omnath just if you cast it off a trio, right? Right. So if you play it, if you if you play four or, or of the temple, green, what or a temple, right? Well, you don't you don't play temples because you either play triumphs, sure, because. You, you, need, you need so many colors, right? So you need any non-black triumph is better than a temple because you want to make sure to get Omnath. But you have so many different choices. And the idea is, if you can play this deck faster, slash play this deck with defenses, then you can turn these matchups around. And then what are you worried about? I didn't understand why Arboreal Grazer wasn't being strongly considered anyway. Because you play Arboreal Grazer on turn one or turn even turn two, like the, I guess the argument was you needed enough tap lands and weird lands that you didn't normally get you didn't necessarily get to do the grazer thing, but if you go right. grazer on turn one, you stole in the play in the mirror match at the cost of a card. But you don't really run out of cards in these decks. No, you do not. And also, it doubles the family passage, right? Like turn five, you get to go Omnath, draw a card, green land, Arboyal grazer, play another land, get my four mana back. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's really nice. Way to get two land into play. I'm very, I was very surprised to see Grazer not making a cut in these decks. And now that everyone's aggro, I expect to see it back. Basically, these decks should still be the best deck. It's very, very strange that they suddenly vanished. And the reason I think is because they were built with one weakness, which was aggro going under them. And they got slightly weaker against that one weakness. That's because nobody could go under them because of Soul Tide. Didn't feel qualified to. Now everyone's playing various aggro decks. It looks like it's a diverse metagame. But the same defenses work on basically all of them. Right? None of the, none of these decks want Arboreal Grazer to come out. Like, Rose hates Arboreal Grazer. The thing has reach. <laughs> it blocks everything in their deck. It has three toughness. It's a fully-fledged combat fanatic. Right? Like, it will just block for days. Anything you want. And... Meanwhile, it did its job. Uh, Omnath's body man, right? Yeah, exactly. Ask. And then Thelodar Retreat comes out and it starts getting bigger and it starts attacking, which is a nice oh. bonus. Right. Yeah, so I was very happy with Thelodar Retreat. It, you know, Grazer is another reason to like Thelodar Retreat because you get the, you know, turn three, you play your Thelodar Retreat. It's a lot more interesting. And now it's much more chance of playing at turn three. Everyone's killing your Lotus Cobra. Don't let them. Right? Like Grazer... I think Grazer's where it's at. And as I said, if you play Grazer with extra lands because you're playing more of the modal lands right. in your mana base, especially the high-end modal stuff, now you have a much better chance of making that stuff go crazy. There's a lot of room to innovate. What happened was people, people found this ridiculously explosive build so fast that they started just mirror, like mirror warping each other. Like this Terror of the Peaks thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, Alan Comer had a Terror of the Peaks uh, Jess Ultimate in deck before. It was based on adventures to get right. to, to bridge. That deck was sweet. It, w it wasn't great, but it was sweet. It was sweet. But the thing is, that's sort of not your... I don't think that's your problem. Right. Right? These Kenderson Terrors, these are not your problem. Your problem is surviving right. long enough so, to go off. So this weekend, I was playing with Croaky's Mono Green list. Yeah. Um, he tweeted that he's like, yeah, this deck's great. You know, you need to be a billionaire to play it, but, you know, he's like, it's 40 rares and nine mythics. But I, I had, 
I've been playing mono green since you built mono green. Um, so I have most of the pre this set rares and I didn't, and I, and I've drafted a fair amount. So I only needed a couple of wild cards to complete it. And let me tell you something. I, I have really been punishing these Omnath decks. Like I've had Omnath chump block multiple times now because you, you, they just don't do anything that you care about early on in the game. That's the thing. They're not trying to be particularly fast set up. And I noticed the same thing when I was playing the Omnath build. I was playing it actually just because I just wanted to get some experience for, for information. I was playing it in some not so advanced places. And you play against just random aggro people. And it's like, you just lose games because you're not going to do anything. Right? right? You're ramping, but you're not going to actually do anything until it does everything. Right? Right. So right. Like half the games until you cast Genesis Ultimatum twice in one turn. Half the games you have the world, <laughs> and it looks like they're playing the wrong format. But then half of the rest of the games, you kind of don't do anything, right? Like, even when you have your thing, it's like, well, okay, I spent all these turns casting a 4-4 and then not much impact on the board for a while. And yeah, if they're trying to grind me out, they've already died. But if they're trying to kill me, it's going to be a problem. Right? They're flying up, these guys flying over me with these things, or this, 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 this removing my Omnip and attacking, or whatever. And like, yeah, the Omnip got me 8 life, but I didn't really do anything. And sometimes you <laughs> just do 40 or 50. It's, it's not that big a deal. So it was a problem. But again, that's because these decks don't do the work. Right? Like, look at these lists, even in the board. Like, in my mind, like, what is going on without... Which, anyone want to shatter a sky? Anyone? Bueller? I mean, you have to play a second planes in the board, maybe, to do it. But so what? Right. Like, I... It, yet, Shadow of the Sky Genesis Ultimatum might not be the best mana base, but I don't know why I care. <laughs> Like these people are just dumping their entire hand out of the board and trying to go under you. Mana base? What's mana base? Yeah. And when you do, when you do things like turn three, fell our retreat, turn four, shot in the sky, play a play a fetch land, go, make a two-two go. How does an aggro deck ever win that game? Right. At that point. Right? You're like, and step make another two, you know, then untap, you know, play up, make another two-two, play some turn, pump everything up, get you, you know. They're just going to get completely overwhelmed by these by these draws. So, 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 so yeah. this is really a, so. What you're imagining is an Omnath control list, to some extent. Or yeah, combo I, think control. We, I think we might well see Omnath decks that don't bother with Genesis Ultimatum, but are legitimate Omnath decks. Because right. it turns out, you know, Ameria is enough at your at, at seven if you get there. Right. Right, who cares? You have a lot more white mana in that build, obviously. Your, your, your mana base is going to be a little weird. But it turns out that Escape from the Wild is enough. You don't need to do all this crazy stuff. You just need to win the game. And if nobody, the problem is if you're doing that and then they, they are playing Genesis Ultimatum, you get run over. Right? You can't hope to win a battle of Haymakers that way. You don't have any, your Haymakers aren't good enough. Right. But if that's what it takes, you know, and then they have to play against each other and then weird things happen. Basically, my expectation for this weekend is the only reason it might not be dominated by Omnath is because people haven't had a chance to reconfigure their decks properly yet and they didn't realize quickly enough. Like Strosky, um, Andre Strosky, yeah, yeah. played in the weekend earlier. <laughs> Yeah, he reported that his deck was bad and didn't do well playing Omnath. And he played a very straightforward, just straight 
you know, last week's Omnap deck. Right. Also, clearly, the time zoning thing was getting to him, and he was playing badly by his tweets. Uh, but to me, that was an example of this deck was so powerful and looked so good that people didn't adjust it fast enough. And then when all of this aggro came out because Uro was gone. I think there's also a, an illustration of what's wrong with the design situation, which is they put all these ridiculous aggro cards in. So they had to put a ridiculous control card in to balance them. You take the ridiculous control slash the ridiculous advantage card. So now, now playing Uro plus a bunch of stuff doesn't just automatically win you the game because you can't play Uro. And now these aggro decks are like kind of out of control this week. I mean, they'll, right. they'll, people will adjust. They won't be out of this well, control for long. Where, how do you feel about the Omnath Adventures deck, which I think is certainly more powerful than the Omnath Ramp deck in my experience? So I think it's a very... That's not a word I would use. It's not more powerful. Ooh. Right? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's definitely not doing the thing where it does ultimatums out three times at a turn and attacks you for 472. Like... The Ramp deck is much more powerful. It does very powerful things. It goes completely off. The Omnef Adventure deck is just hanging out, playing a bunch of cards that give you advantage, and saying, don't mind me, nothing to see here. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not doing anything. What's so... Just, you know, let's have some fun. Let's play some cards. You should play your cards these days, right? It's all good. And then it just slowly runs you over. It just buries you in incremental advantage after incremental advantage after incremental advantage. And that doesn't, I'm not saying that it's bad. Right. I'm not saying it's not the right build necessarily, but like, where are Flotus Cobras? Yeah, it's it's not, it, it doesn't seem to have room for them, right? It's, it's playing Lucky Clover in the spot where you would play Lotus Cobra. Plus, plus it has a lot more early interaction in the sense of, you know, it has the four Bone Crusher Giants. It has the three Brazen Borrowers. No, I, I, understand, I understand why they don't play it. They're thinking, yeah. well, I already have most games. Often it's Lucky Clover, which I just want to play turn two over almost anything in many situations. Not always, but often. Right. Yeah. And if not, I have Brazen Borrower and I have Bone Crusher, uh, and I, uh, I have bone crusher Giants. I'm, I'm fine for two drops. And I think this is a vast misunderstanding of the card Lotus Cobra. <laughs> I think people are just sleeping, right? You've got a deck that's four colors that can use some mana fixing. Sure. And a deck which can use its mana forever, right? Forever it can use its mana. Right. So turn two, Lotus <laughs> Cobra. Turn three, Beanstalk Giant. Stomp. Right. Right? Like, how is this not who you want to be? Right. Also, you think oh, about I'm how sorry. many times you have three mana, not two mana, right? Because you, I was just thinking about the mana from the, from the playing the, the the extra land, but you actually get your two mana back when you cast the Beastock Giant that turn. It's free. You've already gotten your full refund, <laughs> and now it's just sort of hanging out. Right. And also, you think about like the number of like play patterns in this deck. Like, there's a lot of times where you want to fave wishes and do something powerful out of your sideboard. Um, and that extra mana really helps there as well, right? Very much so. Yeah. There's a lot of different things here that you can be trying to do, and I'm just, I'm very surprised that we're not meeting more, basically, I would be much more in the Omnef realm playing a deck like this. I'd be much more thinking about how to make Omnef the best. Like, I've seen Cultivate in Adventures builds that don't 
Pavonnes. I don't think it belongs here, but let's not dismiss this out of hand. Let's not just go this way. I'm also surprised the list I'm looking at happens to only have two innkeepers, which is... Yeah, I just noticed that. That's the list I'm looking at as well. This is... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put the list in the show notes, yeah. but we're looking at MTG Goldfish. The other know. top eight version did have two. Luis uh, Guichard's... And the other version also had two Lotus Cobras. So not completely sleeping. The other version looks to me a lot closer to where I would be, right? So it's got three Escape for the Wilds, four Lotus, four Lucky Clovers. Then it's all creatures. So it's got two Borrowers, two Cobras, two Giant Killers, and a bunch of fours, right? It's got the the Omnips, the Beanstalk Giants, the Bonecrusher Giants, the Fae of Wishes. Which which list are you looking at that has Lotus? This is Remy's. Remy's list. The other top eight list. Remy Rowdier. So this is... This is pretty close to where I'd be. I think two Lotus Cobras is probably a little light, but the second Lotus Cobra is often going to be a little awkward. So I get it, right? Like, you don't necessarily want... I mean, you can always use more mana, so it's not like it's bad, but... This looks like... a very interesting build. I'm also very surprised by no modal lands. That seems like another mistake to me. Hmm. Like, are we worried about running out of basics? Like... Seriously, I'm actually asking. Are we worried about how, how do you how do you handle the the modal lands when you are building in this format? So this is a 27 land deck right now. Um, you know, you put in three or four spells that are modal spells somehow. Do you do you cut any lands or do you just have them in and just have that extra? Um, certainty that you're going to be able to make your land drop. I think it's very different based on which land, which card you're adding and what your plan is. So when you put in some cards, you're planning to cast them as spells and occasionally they're lands. And other cards, you're playing them as lands and occasionally they're spells. So like if you're playing the seven mana uh, cards that I put very highly ranked in my review, they just cost three life to play them as lands, right? You can play them as Which one, green, green or white? Which Here would be green, because the white mana is impossible. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. but it's a extra way to get an extra Omnif, right? Like, to search for an Omnif, or search for just some other creature in your deck. It's just, get me a creature if I need to. Except that, I have to occasionally pay three life. But right now, I have a lot of untapped lands. Life at most. Do I need three forests? Why do I need three forests? Nothing in my deck. I'm not playing just ultimatum, even. I don't need a third forest. It doesn't do anything. Right, so right. why isn't one of these forests that land? Right, right. I, just, I'm, I'm I'm playing that card. That card's in the right. Mono Mono Green Green. He has four copies. Yeah, it's it's really good. I gotta tell you, I pay three life on turn one quite a bit. Right, because you don't care that I much. Don't care at all. I mean, there are, there are places where you do, but it's much better than not being able to do that. And also, reasonably often, this deck will just play a tap play a tap one on turn one anyway. Right. But the idea being, I can now. I would say you can play three of those right and consider it to be like two land slots and a spell slot. Because you're basically playing a land that occasionally gets cast, but it has a very high impact when you cast it. Then there are cards that are very much hybrid cards that could go either way. So, you know, if someone was playing, like, the regrowth, right, that costs three mana to regrow something. Sure, yeah. Like, you don't know which way that card's going to go. But basically these cards solve your problem. They don't count towards your untapped land count, but they count towards your total land count. And I'd say, you know... Roughly 50-50, but there's, there's a lot of wide range. There'll be a lot of disagreements. There'll be decks that run, you know, 28 lands counting modal and different builds that land 32. And we won't know for several weeks now 
which one is actually better. Right? Even the even the even the final will not settle this because it takes a long time for these things to be clear. You're going to want more mana sources rather than less in these builds versus what people were thinking. I also my anticipation was you'd play uh, Arboreal Grazer, and you play a lot of lands. One note is Arboreal Grazer does not play nicely with the Moto lands. So if you have a tapped Moto land, you can't play it off of Grazer to get into play on the tapped turn. You can. You can only play actual lands. Now, you will have an actual land in your hand. You won't miss the land drop very often. But keep in mind, you actually don't get what you're looking for there as much as Is you that want. true? Are you, you, are you sure you can't put it into play as a land off of if you, Grazer? If a card says put a land card in, from your hand into play, I, I, Boy, I gotta, I gotta double check. Uro. Uro will not let you play a Spike Field Hazard. Right. Right? It's the same... Wording, it's got to okay. be the same thing. Okay. I never actually okay. put it in that. I've never but, put, yeah, I've never, I, I just. <laughs> but Uro does not let you do it. So it's the same thing. Right. Right, it's playing, because they say put a land from your hand into play, it's not a land in your hand. It's a card you can play as a land. Right, okay. Right, which is, now, if I was the rules manager, would I have done it that way? No, instinctively, but that's how they decided it. I don't, right. I don't care one way or the other, right? It's just the rules are the rules. I just, that was not my instinct, but it is what it is. So, look, Wizards has gotten a 95th percentile result minimum in terms of what they've seen this weekend, right? Like, they've seen a healthy, what looks like a healthy format. Right. They might have so, what looks like, looks like a healthy look, player final. Yeah, let, let's talk about what the Mets, so it's about, looks like there's about maybe 160 players in this qualifier. Yeah. Uh, looking at the percentages. So the top two decks are Demir Control, at 26 decks in the field, and then Demir Rogues at 22 cards. And they are very different decks. This isn't like Omnath, where maybe there's enough overlap that you could include them. And then and then the next two decks are Omnath decks, four-color yeah. adventures with Omnath and Omnath Ramp. It's worth noting that Demir Control basically crashed and burned. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, there's, there's one of them in the top eight, and it... Clearly lost in the top eight. I mean, Grixis control is out there. This might be actually Grixis, right? Because it's in two Grixis. Grixis is six. But it's Grixis. You look for the words demur control anywhere near the top, and you just see that one deck. And that's it. And it's yeah. not surprising, because like, it's a full for aggro. Not an aggro handling deck, right? This is blue-black historically is good in control mirrors. It's good at beating up other control decks. It's good at grinding out, com shutting down combo decks and funny, you know, shutting down people who are trying to act funny and play the long game and like do weird stuff. Like, but it's very, very bad. Or at least at, I go under you. Right. You look at this list. It's like, well, are you even trying to beat those decks very much? Like two extinction events? Yeah, this, so this this deck is creatureless, right? It has three Shark Typhoons and Ashiok Nightmare Muse that can make creatures, but, you know, not play. It also has Crawling Barons. I guess that's probably its big uh, kill condition here. Yeah, but I'm looking at this list, and I just, I don't see a way, even after Sideboard, to get to what I would consider a reasonable amount of anti-aggro answers that I'd be comfortable with. I just don't. I just don't see enough. But oh, I, always, I always want at least, you know, I mean, yeah, they can get to four extinction events, but I want 
actual sweepers that work. Like <laughs> people know you have extension event guys. Also, I want to now we talked about the uh, modal lands here, you know, in in the other decks. So this is playing twenty one actual lands and six face lands. Yeah, mauling is a mauling is a very good card. So division basically is saying I can turn this in for a card, right? Right. I can turn this in for a spell when I want to. Seagate so Restoration is very much kind of the, the big whammy. It's the I can just go nuts one time sometimes. Right, right, right. But the problem with that card is that if you don't have a hand, it doesn't do anything. So, like, if it's your last card, you're going to hold a bunch of extra lands beyond that. It's really awkward. The more I think about that card, the more I don't like it very much. Like, this deck is just trying to, like, I'm going to play Maze Mind Tome, and I'm going to draw some cards, and I'm going to... Like I'm a shark typhoon, and I'm gonna do the same thing Blue Black does every single format, which is slowly edge you out. It's got frantic inventory, for God's sake. So this feels like it was too grindy, too small time for my taste. I don't right. buy it. Um, it honestly looks like a bad version of the Blue Black uh, mill deck that used to exist. The non-rogue just like, control blue-black opponent graveyard deck. Right. Which I haven't seen anybody do, probably because the robes are so shiny that they can't pull themselves away. <laughs> like, what if the rogue deck was full of rogues that don't belong in the rogue deck? Right? Like, what if? Like, Demura Rogues is 14.7% of this field. I one Demura Rogue to the top 32? Oh, Wow. They crashed and burnt hard. You know why? Because these are terrible cards. Let's just not miss <laughs> any words. Burfolk Wind Robber, Thieves Guild Enforcer. That has not Pilfer. stopped every that has not stopped every other opponent on Magic Arena from playing one of these against me on turn one. That's fine. But like Nighthawk Scavenger is an okay card. Yeah. That's a card that plays some magic. Rankle's a card that plays some magic. Brazen Borrower is okay, but actually remarkably not good at what you want it to do. I've always found Brazen Borrower to be like, well, yeah, you can play it, but it doesn't actually do what you want. It just yeah. happens to be a rogue, but it barely matters. Z Zareth San has been um, very impressive to me. No, Zareth San is interesting, but you're doing all of this work. You're doing so much work. Whereas I see one Vetris Gargoyle in this build, and it's like, and two more in the board, but it's like Vetris Gargoyle, to me, that has to be the way. Right? If you're doing this thing, you have a two mana five four flyer that, oh, that, that yeah. fills their graveyard for them if you want them to. That has to be the way. So to me, like, you're doing all this work, and what do you get for it? You get Drown in the Lock, which is a very good card. Right. And you get your bad creatures to be less bad. Like, this deck gets its threshold and nothing happens. Right. Right? When my deck got threshold, I did things. Those cards are mostly still legal. I, I'm actually kind of bullish on, like, blue-black Venturous Gargoyle. Like, I am going to play controlly, you know, basically the same deck I had before because it didn't actually change. Like, I had four pathways, so my mana's better. And I'm mostly, you know, tuned, but add very little in the new set. I think the new cards are all bad. 
is I is guess... is a Serpent not a card? I played I thought... it. So, yes, I know you played it. I'm saying like it feels like it feels just like an interesting card, especially if people are just also like some large percentage of the field is just randomly milling you all the time. There's 19 lands in this deck and one moto land and one moto card. <laughs> right? Like that's not no, sorry. There's there's three moto cards. He has uh, he has four spikes. You know, he has four spikes. So sensors, basically. Right. right? Yeah. Just, so yeah, but the deck's just full of terrible cards. Like, let's just not pretend that anything else is going on here. These cards suck. When you play a bunch <laughs> of sucky cards, your deck sucks. What you actually want to do is you get to re- you get to take the old list that I had. You get to replace the zero four with crab, probably. Because Crab lets you pay one mana, just get onto the table, and then do the whole job on its own. So it's probably better. Right. And otherwise, you know, let's just have some fun. I mean, there's some improvements. I like, uh, these, I like the new uh, removal spell, right? Like, Blood Chief's Thirst is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really good. Yeah, so I think Blood Chief's Thirst is good. Otherwise... I liked having a real deck. I'd like to keep a real deck, if that's okay with everybody. <laughs> right? Play good magic. That would be great. And yeah, it had its problems. Don't get me wrong. The problem is that you lose Thought Erasure. And Thought Erasure was really important to that deck because that lets you see their hand, put a card in their graveyard, set up your hand a bit. It was a very, very good way to, to start your day and win control battles. And now there's no comparable deck card that you can put. Like Agonizing Remorse doesn't even put a card in their yard. So it's not what you want. Right. So that's the one reason to be skeptical, I think, of those types of builds. But you know, there's definitely things that are interesting. So well, we well, let, let's talk about the deck that won, which is the Rakdos mid-range deck. It was there were only eleven of them in the field. Uh what do you think about, again, another 19-land deck here? So, Magnetic Chronicler was in my top 10. I think that card is busted. That card is... Magmatic Channeler? Magmatic Channeler. Yeah. Crooks is the Uru that lived. Right. Well, that, right. That's, that's certainly my... Again, if some large percentage of the field is just randomly milling you, Crooks right? just seems awesome. So... Every instinct I have, so I he's got Tyramid Call of the Dead, right? This deck is very serious about its self mill. Right. And Meyer Triton. Yeah, I'm actually, if anything, I might even be a little bit surprised that you're not splashing green just to get Pelucranos. Like, um, we're working this hard. Right. Like, let's try to make this actually make sure it happens. Uh, Channeler actually is going to have somewhat of a problem getting to 4 4. I'm not sure you care very much. But Channeler is a potentially better card when it's 4-4. Right. With only 14 spells, you got to get four or more of 14 spells into your yard. That's not easy to do. Right? Realistically speaking, this thing is not going large. He's playing it. You're playing it anyway. That's how good this card is, right? You're playing it without the first line that gives it a plus three, plus one after right. a while. Because fill your yard is enough. But I don't know. This build, honestly looks very wrong to me. Like, I see Kroxa and Channeler, and you have my attention. 
And then I'm not sure why we're doing the rest of what we're doing exactly. It just doesn't feel like we're doing particularly powerful things with the rest of the build. I'm not sure what's going on. So what, what could you be doing that's more powerful here? That's the question, right? Like what is there in these colors that gets me more interested? I'm not sure I want to stick to red black, um, is one point, but like red black doesn't have any passageways, right? Which means that you have plenty of choices for a third color that cost you almost nothing because you're never gonna run into basics in this type of build in any meaningful way. Right. But yeah. Um I'd want to be lower to the ground, I think, like faster and then work from there. But I'd want to probably do more with my graveyard, right? Like this feels like, so like one card that I know I would have in this deck is Lurus. Is which one? Lurus. Oh, okay. I do not understand not playing Lurus, right? You're playing not as a companion necessarily, by the way. I just meant as a card, right? Like I, I think it's I like the Crooks of Channeler beginning, but to me there's two ways to continue: Lurus in your grave, Lurus in your deck, and Lurus in your sideboard as a companion. Would be my instinct. You want one of these two things to be true, and I'm not sure which one is the better one. We can talk about it, right? But you know, being able to bring back Channeler and Crooksa, being able to discard cards and then immediately play them out of the graveyard. If you want to, because you have oh wow, that's great, yeah, right. This is exactly where I want to be. Like Luris seems like it's just awesome. All you have to do is give up Terror of the Peaks, Rankle, Murderous Rider, and Bonecrusher Giant. Why any of that? Like and, and Liliana, but whatever. I don't know why that's there. But like, <laughs> and, and technically Tiramet, but again, like, what are we doing? What are we even doing? Like, it seems to me like if we're not. That's that's where I would look in this. And like it, it's it's a shame that there are all these exciting there are a lot of exciting things to build right now, if you don't believe in Omni. Right? If you think that all of these people are just gonna go about their merry way and you have access to all the cards. Um and I, I kinda hope it holds up and I hope that I can like get better at drafts slash feel better about drafting so I can have more access to the cards. And then we can, you know, give things a shot. It's interesting. But, but yeah, like we got nine. Also, like, so this is also a um, only nineteen real lands. Then we've got I three, think nine, six, modal, six, seven, eight modal cards. I, eight, yeah. So this is very much a these are spells, right? I was just gonna say you were talking about like uh, spells for a magmatic channeler, but I feel like a lot of them have to be in play for this deck to actually operate. Right, and a lot they, of lands are getting played. Yeah, like this, like, this deck does not have very many lands. I do think it very much helps. It helps Channeler a lot too, though, right? Because like you, you discard the Channeler, you're going to hit a land very often because you have these modal lands as backup plans. So if you hit a land, you can play a land and then do something else for the rest of your turn if you want an extra land in play. Or you can hit a spell, and you always hit a spell because you only have 19 cards that aren't that are lands exclusively. So you always need something useful to do. Right. So Channeler is looking very sharp. I just don't understand why we aren't trying to make this, like, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be into Lurus here, basically. I'd be playing either four Lurus main or one Lurus board. And that would be who I was. And then I'd be much more about, like, what else can we do with our graveyard? What else can you do with your graveyard, though? What, what, are, the, what are the other options available to you? Like, Well, our, I mean, 
so we've got the one one that comes back as a five five, right? That's the Archbound's Archbound's vessel or something. Right. Um, yep. Yep. Archfiend vessel. Archfiend vessel. Um, I also like village rights in this type of deck. So like that's kind of again the direction I'd want to go with this thing. So, so so taking it a little bit more in the direction that the historic deck has gone for Red Blast. Yeah, I don't see why we can't build that deck. Basically. Right. I think we have the tools to build that deck. Right. We just don't have a young pyromancer to, to that's, fuel that, it. That's annoying. We, that card's great. But <laughs> we have plenty of things that are going on. I think that we can do something cool there. Right. Um, and, and again, Croaks yeah. of Village Rights is a great combo. Yeah, that's an amazing turn three. It's, it's just, yes, that's, that, is, that is as good as Magic feels on turn three. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are matchups where you just did nothing. Right? And you're just going to die. Because you that kind of time. But... It's pretty good because I'd want a lot more spells, right? I'd want to turn my channelers on is the other thing I'd want to do with this deck. Right. Yeah, I and, like that a lot. And disrupt my opponent. So I would have more in the way of spells um, and see what I could do in terms of getting there. But yeah, I want to come out faster, especially if all this aggro out there right now. But um, yeah, so I, I like the Triton channeler croaks to start. Right as the first twelve, and then let's let's talk about some other stuff. Would be my instinct here, but these decklists all look very raw. I mean, second place is even more surprising, right? It was one of the other decks, complete rogue, mono white deck, comes out there and almost wins the whole thing. Right? Yeah, that deck is really six and one. That that deck is really bizarre. I mean, Luminarch Aspirant is an insane card, right? right? Like. All the cards we're talking about is insane. It is a must-kill card when it shows up, right? It is a two-drop where, like, you play it on turn two, put a plus one, plus one counter on your one drop, and now they have to kill it. Anyway, it's such value. It's so good. The question is, you know, but my cards are terrible. (laughs) Look at these cards. They're so bad. Like they're all so bad. Let me let me uh, let me just go back one second to the red black deck for a minute and ask you a question. How do you feel about Palaka Predation as one of these land spell cards? So not in this build. Okay. Right. This build is doing something else. Right. You're trying to hit a bunch of creatures. If you're Timurats, you're trying to grind them because you got Timurat, which demands that your deck be full of creatures, and you've got Chandler, which kind of demands your deck be full of spells. <laughs> and you kind of have to choose a side. Now, right. if I was going with Channeler, then Predation becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know, and, and and it seems like you know, uh, you know, a fine thing to be doing on the play. Yeah, it's still turn three doing nothing, right? Which sure. is a little bit scary. So you have to make sure that you're comfortable with that. But yeah. I'm, I mean, I have, I have 25 years of turn three doing nothing. I'm I'm super comfortable with that. But, yeah. I'm not as comfortable. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk about it, certainly. <laughs> but, yeah, let, let, so, yeah, let's go back and talk about this, this white deck. I mean, it feels similar to the rogue deck in that it's a lot of garbagey cards. Is what this seems saying. so much worse than white green to me when I look at it. Like, white green to me does everything this deck is trying to do, except... Without playing cards that are as bad. So, so the card that stands out to me in this list is Mall of the Skyclaves. That's I, uh, definitely not something I expected to see. 
Yeah, it it's I mean it is there is no card in this draft format that I will take over that card. That's not un- I mean I don't even know I don't even know if it was a double rare pack how many cards I would take over that card. The thing is that, that last line doesn't say lifeling it, that's first strike. Yeah. So yeah, you have a flying first striking guy that's pretty big. So then what? Right? It costs so much to move. It's the world's worst Embercleave. It doesn't oh, give you double yeah, strike yeah, or yeah. trample. Like, yeah, it lets you get through. I've died to it. Because randomly someone plays it and suddenly, like, it just, it feels like, I mean, it's kind of an anti-Omnif tech, I guess. You go over people. I, I think it's also that, and it's the combination of selfless savior to protect your creature with them all, or um, getting it on a seasoned hollow blade, which, you know, you can protect, again, also give indestructible to, um, you know, that's that's the big uh, thing for that deck. Yeah, I don't know. This seems super aggro in terms of like being willing to do that. Like just wow, we are we are really really aggressive. Just yeah, I'm looking at the deck, I'm looking at the board. These cards are so bad. Like, <laughs> what, what do you think of the Legion Angel split two and two? That's the correct split. There is only, only one correct angel split on reflection, right? Like I, it's an interesting puzzle with a solution, and the answer is two. It's just because you're mono. It's almost because I'm mono white. I don't have enough good cards to put in my sideboard. I might as well play Legion Angel. But it still doesn't feel like that's how I want to play Magic, right? Four three on turn four, four three on turn five, turn four three on turn six, or something. Right. Like, is that really how you plan to win very many games? I mean, yeah, you're up two cards, but do you care? I mean, I'm asking. Part of your minds want to know. Yeah, I just I just don't see it. Like Conclave Tribunal is gone, and you know Luxodon and you know Veteran Luxodon is gone. Like this deck doesn't have any of the explosive things that will people out. You're just trying to like play mold the Skyclaves and somehow just like yeah. I I think this is an example of why this is not a tournament to be taken too seriously. Basically, this deck managed six and one. This looks so bad. I mean, the white green decks are interesting again because. You have a lot of very good uh, plus one plus one counter interactions in those decks. So we've got some, some stuff going on. But is there is oh the, is that Selesnia cycling here or no Selesnia tokens which didn't just just wasn't in the tournament. Oh okay. Um, but I've seen lists and the lists look interesting. But yeah, no, the things that I expect I expect basically the Omnath players will figure it out. They will do better. And they will dominate this weekend is my best guess. But we, you know, we shall see. Players are keeping quiet because the decklists haven't locked yet. Right. And they have a lot of work to do and they want to give anything away. We'll, we'll try to do a follow-up this week once decklists are published and do like a, a show preview like we've done uh, whenever we're, we've been able to. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I want to be wrong, right? I want to be wrong about the right. fact that Uro doesn't do enough, and that this, you know, banning Uro isn't enough, and that this format will just be broken from day one from here. I'd love to be completely wrong, and for Magic to be fun again, and for me to come back out of the woods from my break a week or two later and say, oh, okay, just took a short break for people to sort this out, and it turns out it's good. I'm going to start building decks again. Great. I mean, I'm exploring other games in the meantime. I, I tried my first games of Hades this morning. Yeah, people, you know. seem to, people seem to be loving that. Yeah, it's... I'm going to try it more 
my gut feeling says this is very much not for me. Okay. There's something about it that just... Not that that game is bad at all, right? There's not... It's way too early for me to know that. But just that the challenges it was presenting to me didn't seem particularly interesting. And that, like, I felt like I was already in my second... I've only done two runs, one of which died... The first one died very, very quickly because these things just started... I didn't figure out what... It feels like execute the trick against this enemy over and over again is what this game is about, was the, was the first instinct. And I don't know, I, I just... I'm skeptical that that's what I want from my Diablo Rogue. Right. But we'll see. I, I've been enjoying Dead Cells a lot as my current roguelike. Have, have you played uh, Among Us, which everyone seems to be raving about right now? I have not. Um, that's not to say it's not amazing. Uh, it's the kind of game that requires a commitment of time. Yeah. Because you've got other... It's multiplayer. And so my worry is, if I start a game of Among Us, I can't stop that game and be with my family if something happens. Sure. Sure. I can't pause it for... Right, because it's quite a long time. Right. Right, and so it's going to be pretty awkward to actually be able to play that game for that reason. Um, All right, so... It's it's a mafia game, right? It's a werewolf. Yeah, 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 yes. Um, But talking about non-magic games, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about The Walking Dead Secret Lair. (laughs) Uh, what, What are your thoughts on the sort of... I, I don't know. Fiasco. You know, the is Walking the right... Dead is very. The Walking Dead is a very popular franchise. Um, you know, a game that was made about the Walking Dead that was well made could do very, very well for Wizards or someone else. Um, I watched season one of The Walking Dead and some of season two uh, to try and see, partly, part, partly to see what was there for cultural reasons, partly to see what was there for, in terms of potentially making a game at some point. Right. And. Honestly, I was not that impressed. It was definitely not my thing, particularly. It just didn't present interesting. It just wasn't interesting to me, things that were happening. Sure. So, so a couple of really interesting things. None of that had anything to do with my thoughts yeah. on this actual matter, right? A C- like, couple of interesting things about Walking Dead is also, there are two separate lanes of Walking Dead licensing. right? I don't think a lot of people realize it because they just think it's all Walking Dead, but there's the Walking Dead licensing done by AMC of the television show, which is the agreement that Wizards has reached for the secret lair. But there's also Skybound, which owns the, which is like sort of the company that owns the comic book property, uh, which is, you know, by Robert Kirkman. Um, and, and they do comic book licenses separately. So there are a lot of like mobile games and, and other digital games out for The Walking Dead, and those license the comic book. So it's, 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 a, it's a really weird space. Um, I, I also thought it was interesting that this is Wizards of the Coast's first foray into doing something where they're bringing outside IP into actual magic, right? Allowing it inside the perimeter. Um, both from a narrative irony sense and uh, because the person who was uh, doing this is Mark Hagen. Uh, Mark was on the, the, you know, the magic talk show with, with Aaron and, and Mark used to work at AMC. Mark was someone who used to license 
The Walking Dead <laughs> for AMC. Which makes sense. Uh, super nice guy. Um, but, you know, re- really interesting uh, connection there. And, and, I'm, and I'm curious, like, if the boost of having, like, an unboxing and all this uh, information on the AMC channel, right? Like, they did apparently did something on Talking Dead last night with the game. Um, if If that all counteracts the outrage that the more enfranchised magic players seem to be feeling over this. It's about trust. And it's my actual point of view, right? So doing this is really dangerous. Before we just talk about whether it's good or bad. Right. It's really scary and it's really dangerous because what you're doing is printing money and you're selling it directly for a lot of money per card as the exclusive way to get the card. So this is, this is something separate from the fact that you're licensing an outside IP to do that. Right. Right. Let's, this not, is, yeah, let's, let's not even let's, talk about that then. Right. Let's, let's, talking let's, about... let's wait on that. Right. Before we talk about yeah. the walking dead, let's talk about cards that will never, as far as we can, as far as might may never appear in a booster pack may never be available again, but are legal in vintage and legacy. Yep. And commander, which has been a, a big source of outrage in the magic community, because that is basically the largest part of the magic community. Now. I mean, honestly, the commander committee is free to ban them. You are free to tell people they can't play with them. And your commander, they've chosen, they've, they've chosen not to. They've, they've made an announcement and chosen not to, which in turn caused a group of Magic players to try to splinter off and form their own format called Captain, which then was apparently took a a rather uh, fascist turn very quickly. <laughs> uh, I mean, 2020, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but but I wouldn't be, I would not at all Lots be surprised over. by, Jeez. I would not be surprised by a local play group just saying no. Sure. Or alternatively, you're playing that? Okay, everybody kill him. Right. He's infected, kill him. Right. <laughs> right. Zombies, zombies, bam, bam, bam. Right? I mean, it wouldn't be in character, right? You see you see The Walking Dead, you all team up to survive. Regardless <laughs> of whether that's strong, it's, yeah, he's moving really slowly. You're not doing anything particularly impressive. But if you let this infection fester, you're just going to get you should get bit. Right. So you've got to deal with it, man. Right. Right? But your, but your take is that all the controversy about that somehow focused on the idea that this is a licensed IP is ignoring the fact that Wizards is printing singles. Well, I'm saying Wizards is printing singles is the headline. Yeah. That's the shot. The Walking Dead is the chaser, right? Stuff <laughs> that doesn't matter, but let's talk about the thing that matters more first. So Godzilla cards were alternate versions of cards that already existed to give us alternate cool thing to look at or put into, you know, to put into play for people who like that sort of thing. I would have preferred my game without them. Sure. Right? I liked the game without those cards. I don't like having two names for a card. I don't like having to remember more things. I don't like to recognize more artwork. I am not the target audience for cool, weird, alternate artworks and presentations. I think those things detract from my game. They don't add. But... That's the kind of thing where, like, well, did it really matter very much? It was on brand. It was on world. It made sense. It was a little bit cute, 
Like, I'm not a fan of Godzilla as a franchise either. Like, it's not my IP. But it didn't do that much harm. I'm fine with it. If it brings people into magic, it makes players excited, it sells more booster packs. Happy to do it. This is not that. This is cards that they've reserved the right to print mechanically identical versions and have them count as the same card in the future. But they have not done that yet. And right now, Wizards is printing singles. Exclusively right. in these packs. And right now, they're not modern legal. They're not pioneer legal. They're not standard legal. And they're not very good. Right? These are not good cards. Right. There, there's, there's one card that's been revealed thus far that could potentially edge its way into legacy. Right? There's a Rick card that costs four mana, but is very, very powerful in a human's deck. Right? Assuming you get to play it. So yeah, there, there's a lot. That's a big format is a big if in Legacy, right? Yeah, I mean, even a big if in Legacy is still a card that might make it to Legacy. So that's actually right. kind of impressive on its own. The point being that they have screwed up in the past. Nexus of Fate happened. Yep. They can miss. Kenrith happened. Yes, and Kenrith happened. There are, right? If you try to make flashy cards that do cool, amazing things, occasionally you, you will miss. Do you remember us trying to find a non-foil Kenrith? Yes, and I remember people <laughs> trying to find a non-foil Nexus of Fate to be informed that they didn't exist at all. <laughs> they literally don't exist at all. They don't exist, period. And right. having to play a proxies in the future matches of a Pro Tour, because right. what else can you do? Right. Um, but that and those are we don't trust we don't trust them to accidentally not, not accidentally miss high in the future. I don't trust them to not intentionally. An, an, you know, an Uru, an Uru Oko style card like this and charge $500 for it. I don't trust them to have it not be standard legal. Why should I after the last few years? Right. And that's the problem. Similarly, like... Well, I mean, they're, 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 they're encroaching in that direction, right? Like, right. You, you, can, you can imagine a, a trajectory that goes there. Like, will, that, will it go that far? Probably it's, not. It's the slippery slope that we are already on. Right. And it's clear that the forces that are in favor of getting more eggs out of the golden goose more rapidly at, at, the, at the risk to which long-term health are winning the fight. It doesn't really matter whether they're coming from Hasbro or, other, or from the CEO of Wizards or from inside the Wizards people lower down and making the decisions or what dynamics. It's not even really people. It's more about a corporation is a series of dynamics and things that are beyond any given person's control often. And the incentives and dynamics are leading to these things happening. And I'm not here to blame any given person. It doesn't matter. I'm not mad at a particular person at all. It's just, this is clearly what has happened. We've lost, they've lost our trust. And they've lost our trust because they don't, they don't balance this, they're not balancing their things. They're pushing in ways that are clearly designed to pump up current sets that are disrupting Continuously, for over a year now, we have heavily disrupted older formats. We have heavily broken newer formats. We have a design philosophy that started with Throne of Eldraine that shows no signs of reversal anymore. M21, I thought, showed signs that they may have learned their lesson. And then we saw Zendikar, and no, they haven't. Clearly, they haven't. That was just a base set that wasn't very good because it was a base set, and they weren't pushing the power level. They didn't think they had to. So it doesn't, it's not going to help to have one set like that. You need five in a row. You need a full reset. And we're not going to get one. 
and they don't appreciate the problem. They're not admitting their mistakes. They're doing thing after thing after thing that I consider hostile to enfranchised players trying to have a good established game. And yeah, they just completely lost our trust that they are good shepherds of this game that they have been good shepherds of for the better part of 25, 30 years. Right, the utmost respect for so many people working there. I they've done an amazing job on so many levels. Right, and they brought right. the game back from the brink various times, and they still obviously could. And, and to be clear, like the failure mode is not. I, I think that's an interesting. Is, it, is there is there any kind of theory or terminology? Like I I have like so much individual trust in people, but so little collective trust. And that's a, that's a weird thing to experience. I mean, I I have trust in these people as individuals if they were speaking as individuals, right? Like if Aaron Forsyth was someone I was just dealing with as a person or, you know, their professional skills or just as a human being, trust would be total, right? Or almost total. But you, it's a product of the environment. It's a product of the system. What some of my posts on other subjects have referred to as a moral, you know, called a moral maze. It's just a matter of these corporations over time have very difficult times maintaining cultures that are capable of thinking about concrete things in a real way that cares about reality and the long term and maintaining trust and not collapsing into these other things. And I don't want to get too far into it, but things are deeply wrong. Things are clearly deeply wrong. It's not any given person's fault. I'm not mad at anyone, but... Well, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it could very well be one person's fault, right? It could be that, you know, the CEO comes in... Oh, no, 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 no. It could easily... No, no, no. <laughs> right? Let's make more money. No, no, no. Look, there are... There's a very, very clear candidate for the one person and is the CEO of Hasbro. the CEO of Wizards of the Coast, and the second candidate is the CEO of Hasbro. Right. <laughs> right. I don't even know the name of the CEO of Hasbro. I know the name of this, you know, we don't I'm I'm not hearing name names. I don't know these people are guilty. Right. I do know that since we changed CEOs at Wizards of the Coast, some good things have happened, but some very bad things have happened. Right. And have steadily ramped up. And at the very least, this person is not doing enough to stop it. Let me let me ask you let me ask you another question. Um obviously lots of powerful cards, right? Just on that on the sort of bad things front that have been clearly uh, explored and exploited very early on. How, how much do you think that design has not anticipated the free to play model of arena just devouring formats down to the bone before the, you know, before the you know early access event is even over. So I had a post where I went on a rant, and then I went on another rant. And I had a mega rant, right? Divided into many smaller rants about all the things that I feel have gone horribly wrong. And some of those things are magic has moved to a free-to-play economy. Right. And a ladder system as the primary methods of play. These systems, which is one of the things I really am I've been on a crusade on this for years, and I really want to build a game and a system that gets away from these things, because I think they're terrible, they push people towards copycatting. They push people towards playing the known good things, known good cards, over and over again, game after game after game. Because 
you don't have the ability to go, oh, these rares and mythics aren't in any good decks, but they're interesting, so they're cheap. So I can try them and either sell them or not worry too much about how cheap they were when I'm done. And unfortunately, when you have to craft rares and craft mythics, you basically can't do that anymore. Can you, can you imagine crafting the monitor and then finding out it was terrible? I absolutely can. 49 rares or higher. I can absolutely. And you get dividends. Like Those are not bad rares. They're not bad cards. Sure. That's the thing. If you build the deck out of good cards, right? You combine lots and lots of good cards. And it turns out the deck is bad. Oh, no, I crafted eight pathways. What am I going to do? <laughs> right? Well, yeah, you do need, you just need those in general. Yes. And by the way, what is up with there only being six pathways? I am just, I don't understand. Um, you just need something to help sell the next set? I mean, we, do we know they're coming? But then why would you put five now? I don't that know. Are on, but five allied now and five opposed later. I why are there know. six random ones where I can't even, I don't even, I have yet to memorize which six they are. I, I don't know which six they are either. I, I would I would fail that quiz. I know there's a red white one, a black white one, a blue black one, a white blue, green one. one. Yeah, there's That's not it. a blue green one. I know that because right. I would. But it's almost well, like they decided to ban. Ordered it. They soft <laughs> banned. They soft banned four color combinations as two color decks. Right. And it's not clear why. Maybe maybe that's why. Maybe maybe they wanted to. I have I don't know. They were so terrified of printing a Simic Dual Land that they just had to take it out. And they didn't want to print nine. They printed yeah. six. You just print five. And they printed the five the print the five allied ones, and I have no problem with it. I've been I've been a vocal critic of wizards about things. Maybe they're punishing me and not giving me the Simic Dual Land. I don't know. Okay, it's all about you, Brian. Of course. It's all about it's always all about you. <laughs> You're also why the New York football game teams have yet to win a single game. Oh, uh, we have two teams and we can't win one. I game. can't even I can't even excited about having the first overall draft pick. Because you won't, the Jets will get it. No. <laughs> well or whatever, or even the second overall draft pick, right? Because because they they just haven't proven that they know how to use it, right? They have proven they know exactly how to use it, just not the way that we like. Yes. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine the Giants go 0 and 16? They've got the first pick of the draft, and we're all going, they're not going to pass up Trevor Lawrence, right? They're not going to pass up Trevor Lawrence. And they pick some other quarterback that nobody wanted. Or or worse, a running back. I mean, Saquon Barkley's hurt. we got to replace him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, I, I, I can't hey. eat. I, I, it's, it's, I am actually rooting against my own team, and I don't even think they're going to use the pick. Right. And I'm actually rooting against them because I want them to suffer, honestly, more than anything else. I, don't, I, mean, I feel bad for Daniel Jones. It's not his fault. He didn't he's, do anything wrong. He's not. He's not very good. Is I mean, but he he, he didn't pick himself. Right. Right. Like if he had been picked in the third round and he was someone's backup quarterback, he'd be having. He'd be living a pretty good life. <laughs> it's not, this is not his fault. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's very painful. I wa I watched the game. It was. It was. It was painful in that they they kept you on the hook long enough to think that maybe there was some chance that something would happen. Yeah. The problem is I, I got spoiled on this week because I felt the need to keep up with certain other events. And I didn't think anyone would ever bother spoiling the giants, but someone spoiled how badly the NL East in general was doing. Oh yes. 
I mean, woo, Freudian in, slip. In, in the kingdom of the NFC, world, the NFC one, yeah. the one NFC. two one team is king. I mean, they're the favorites, right? They're ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> the good news is the NFC East still gets to play against each other. Oh, it's gonna be fun to watch that, isn't it? Like <laughs> trains. Don't you want to watch the trains wreck and it not be about like the fate of the world? Have it just I mean, be about I, sports? I feel like the Cowboys will. I mean, like, like the Cowboys have done some impressive things in their losses. Like Dak Prescott threw for five hundred yards yesterday, and and, and lost so, and yeah. lost. But like, I don't think that that will happen against either the Eagles or the Giants or the Redskins. No, if he throws for 500 yards against those teams, he will win. I agree. <laughs> There's that. Uh, but I, I agree. It's a, it's, it's, a rough, it, it's a rough time, but at least we have our sports. College yes. football is great. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Upset, one upset after another. Like, chaos is already upon us, and the, the play has barely started. So, plus, the, plus, you know, there's the coronavirus problem on top of that. So, right. you know, anything can happen. But, uh, but yeah, no, look, Magic in a better spot than I thought it was when I wrote the rant. Better thought than I thought it was a week ago. And hopefully it's not a false dawn. I fear it is, but hopefully. So, it, so let, me, let me end with this. Give me your prediction for the number of um, Omnaths in standard. So the 128 potential Omnaths, right? Yes. yes. So where would I put the line right now? Obviously, it has to go way down based on what people are saying and doing. So, I think the line has to be that it's only going to be the number one deck or the number one. So, there's two decks, right? There's Omnef Ramp and there's Omnef Adventures. Yep. So, like, in this field, it didn't... The field where it was, like, there's no Omnef, it was, like, 25% of the field. So, I think that's really low. It's going to be substantially higher than that. But I think we're, we're no longer in the realm of everybody plays it. We're now in the realm of a lot of people play it. So... You know, maybe set the line at, you know, 63 and a half or something. Like, half wow. field. Okay. That's, that's, I, I think in the light of what we're seeing this week, that's an interesting line. I think I probably still take the over. Right. The whole goal of a line is to make it unclear which line, which side you yeah. want to take. Right? Yeah, I can yeah, easily yeah. see that number being off by 20 in either direction. Uh, but the players will reveal what's really going on when the time comes. Right. All right, and then later, and later this week we'll get to we'll we'll get to talk about that because we'll once the deck lists go up we'll do another one of our quick take uh, shows about it and uh, get that posted the same day. So, um, so we'll be back later this week. Thanks for listening.